Hi everybody, this is your cousin Brucey, and you are listening to TV Confidential. And now, not confidential, here's Cousin Ed. Get Robertson welcoming you back to TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television. That is happy to welcome back our friends Howard Storm and Steve Stolyer. Howard and Steve are the co-authors of The Imperfect Storm, the story of Howard's life and career in the entertainment industry, which began when Howard was a teenager performing in nightclubs in New York in the 1950s, where he either crossed paths with or worked alongside such legends as Jack Carter, Jan Murray, Shecky Green, Lenny Bruce, and Woody Allen, before sojourning to L.A. in the 50s and 60s, where Howard worked steadily as an actor in television and later as a member of the improv group, The Committee, with Peter Bonners and Howard Hessman. Howard then became one of the most sought-after directors in television, including many of the shows produced by Gary Marshall, including Laverne and Shirley, Angie, and nearly 60 episodes of Mork and Mindy. The Imperfect Storm is available through our friends at Bear Manor Media as well as Amazon.com. Howard and Steve, welcome back to our program. Great to be back. I'm glad a letter poured in demanding our return. We do. We do. We, you know, we, we aim to please and we listen to our audience, and we, we had a request to bring Howard and Steve back. Well, we're glad to be back. One thing I wanted to, uh, I was thinking about this. The, the last time you guys were on, we covered a lot of aspects of Howard's career, but I don't remember if we talked about the time you worked with uh, Lucio Ball and Desi Arnaz with the Desilu Players, which I think was around 57, 58 when you first came out to L.A., right? Uh, it was actually uh, around 1960. That was quite a group you were with. Um, I, I'd forgotten that two of your fellow players were Robert Osborne and Roger Perry. Uh, yes, yeah. Osborne, you know, went on to do some great things. He's a lovely man. He was. And Roger Perry, of course, was extremely talented. Very talented. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't learn this until just, just I, I had a chance to talk to Roger about a year before he passed. And uh, what I didn't know is that in addition to being the type of actor who could do both comedy and drama, he was a gifted composer. Yes. He's an extremely talented guy. What, what first brought you to the attention of uh, Lucy and Desi? I don't know. Uh, I auditioned, and uh, my wife at the time was already invited to join the group. And then Carol Cook was brought in. She was Mildred Cook at the time. Mm -hmm. And Lucy loved Carol Lombard, so she asked uh, Mildred Cook to take the name Carol and she then became Carol Cook. Didn't you say that, that Lucy wasn't that crazy about you at first because you challenged her? Yes, Lucy was never uh, crazy about me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, because she would uh, for instance she said I want you to hold for a laugh here. And I said, Lucy, what if there's not a laugh? You know, uh, there's going to be a giant hole. And uh, that annoyed her, you know, because she kept thinking in terms of television, where you can fill it, 
you know, but you're on stage and in a theater, and there's no laughs, there's nothing you can do but to move on. Yeah, it's a very different medium. Yeah, yeah. So I would question those things, and she would really get annoyed with me. And uh, I, I got along with Desi very well. I, I liked him a lot. He was he was quite a guy, amazing. Very much a regular guy. Oh yeah, yeah, and a great talent. Yeah, I, I, that was one of the things I learned from working with Howard on the book was that Desi doesn't really get a lot of the credit he deserves for being the brains behind I Love Lucy, and he was apparently a really great problem solver. Um, he would see a problem and immediately come up with a solution while other people yeah. were running around. Did, Howard, didn't you tell me that, that Desi was really good at evaluating a problem? And Yeah, he was wonderful. I remember uh, him coming in, we were having trouble with the scene. He said, cut out the bit with the phone, uh, don't go to the door, bing, 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 and, you know, and it, the whole scene came together. He was brilliant. Like, uh, Lucy was upset, I remember, which is a perfect example of of, uh, of Desi. Lucy was upset, and he came on a set, and she's pouting, and he said, what's wrong, Lucy? She said, well, I wanted to walk down with all the kids lined up and say each one's name and say goodnight to them, you know? And they said they can't do it because all the actors of different heights. <laughs> and he said, what are you talking about? Get an apple box and make everybody the same height. And he turned to the cinematographer and said, what do I pay you for? <laughs> <laughs> One thing I learned from reading The Imperfect Storm, Howard and Steve, is that, uh, and this relates to something you just said about how Desi was a great problem solver. He was usually three steps ahead of everybody else and, you know, of uh, uh, spotting stuff in a script that did not work. And he was, in, 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 in that respect, he was particularly protective of Lucy. If, he's, if he thought a bit wouldn't oh, yeah. work, and he protected her. Yeah, I mean, I would hear him say, no, Lucy would never say that, you know, mm. cut that out. And he'd go through the script and uh, it was am he was brilliant. And you had a memorable limousine ride with him, I think. And Paul, yeah. The, the limousine oh, the ride. ride. Down to and he Paul told you about how he got control of I Love Lucy? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was great. He was, he was a regular guy, you know. Yeah. He just talked. And it, it was 11 o'clock in the morning. And we're driving down to Palm Springs. And... Uh, he pours himself a scotch, and he says to me, would you like some? So, of course, I'm going to be a big shot. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then the cigar, cigar, yeah, now I've got a cigar and a glass of scotch in my hand at 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I didn't drink at all in those days. Yes, but when in Rome, you do as the Romans do. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm drinking and uh, smoking a cigar. Howard Storm and Steve Stolyer are on the line with us. Howard Storm's 
credits as a television director include nearly 60 episodes of Mork and Mindy, as well as multiple episodes of such popular shows as Everybody Loves Raymond, Keenan and Kel, Daddy Dearest, Rhoda, Alf, Angie, Anne Laverne, and Shirley. Steve Stoyer, accomplished screenwriter, author, voice actor, and rack on tour. Howard and Steve are the co-authors of The Imperfect Storm from Henry Street to Hollywood, the story of Howard's life and career on stage as a stand-up comedian, as well as his career in television in front of and behind the camera. The Imperfect Storm is available in hardcover paperback and as an ebook through Bear Manor Media as well as Amazon.com. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. One of the other things that made Desi a real pioneer is that in addition to creating the form for the three-camera sitcom uh, with I Love Lucy, when he did The Untouchables, he was the first to really bring motion picture values to an hour-long show. Yes, yeah. He was extremely smart and talented. Howard, they keep cycling episodes of The Untouchables through on one of the networks, and I think I've seen your episode three times in the last <laughs> few months, but it's great to see you and Leslie Nielsen, and you, yes. know, you, you and, were and good. It, it's amazing how many close-ups I had in that show. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, were, you played one of a number of convicts, I think. In a, <laughs> yes, and I was like the squealer. Uh-oh, the mark of the squealer. <laughs> yeah, well, mark of the squealer. I, I have not seen your show, Howard. I'll have to look for it, but do you make it through the entire hour? Or are you off? Yeah. Oh, okay, oh, good. Good. I'm, I'm pretty much in most of it, yeah. Okay, because uh, I haven't watched The Untouchables in about 25 years, and but it was not unusual for certain characters to get bumped off by before Act 2. Yeah, <laughs> no, he but made it was it. Um, it was a very nice experience, you know. And I had that scene with Leslie Nielsen, where he's got a cigarette in his mouth, and his cigarette is very close to my eye. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's got me by the neck, and he's talking to me, and his cigarette's in his mouth, and it's uh, it's so close to my eye. It's so um, I, I would, I mean, I'm not an actor, but I'm guessing if I were you in that scene, it wouldn't take a lot of acting to, to block I, out that cigarette, you know? No, I was uh, very concerned about that cigarette. <laughs> didn't you say that Peter Leeds gave you a, a technical advice and you didn't understand it, but you still took it? Oh, yes, yeah. I was working with an actor. I had a little scene with another actor, and... Peter Leeds called me over and he said, he's overlapping you. And I said, what do you mean? Because I had no idea. He said, when you talk, he doesn't leave any room to cut. He just jumps in on top of it, which means that every shot will be a two-shot. There's no room for them to get a single of you. So I said, oh, thank you. So I went up to the actor and I said, listen. Like, I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> I know you're overlapping me. And you do it again, and I'll overlap you, and neither one of us will have a single. So cut it out. And he said, well, I'm not overlapping. I said, okay, then don't, then continue not overlapping me. Well, 
two two things. One is, and we, we we talked about this last time you were on, and you'll certainly understand this when you read Howard's book, folks, is that growing up in the Lower East Side, uh, you were not cowed by anybody, especially when it came to you know, being on, on the set of a film or a TV show. So even though you, you may not have known what overlapping was, you were never afraid to stand your ground and say, hey, look, can you not do this? No, that's true. You know, it was just, it was almost natural for me. Who was the producer that you had? I know it it may be hard picking snowflakes out of a blizzard, but there was one producer-director that you said, would you like to step outside? And he said, okay. And it's it's like the guy didn't realize that you would have flattened him if he followed through. Who was that? Oh, it wasn't me. It was Tony. Tony said to him, we take this out into the parking lot. And the producer had no idea what that meant. He thought they would go out in the parking lot and finish the conversation. Oh, right. And I said to him, you walking out to the parking lot with him? He said, yes. I said, do you think you can beat him in a fight? He said, no. I said, then why are you going out there? He said, well, what do you mean? I said, if you go out there with him, he'll bounce your head off every fender in the parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) I said, why are you going out there? He said, oh, I thought he wanted to finish the conversation out there. (laughs) He had no idea what that was all about. I don't know how many of Howard's stories involved the phrase, I'm going to knock you down and kick you till you stop moving. <laughs> it was a tough, his, your upbringing really, uh, I think, gave you a, a, a tough skin to handle all of the ups and downs and egos in show business. Well, I remember telling Jimmy Comack, We got into a little discussion, and I said, are you threatening me? And he said, you figure it out. And I said, Jimmy, you're a Jew from uh, the Upper West Side. Your idea of a fight is to call your lawyer. (laughs) I said, I'm a Jew from the Lower East Side. I get anywhere close to you, I'll bite your nose off. (laughs) And he said to me, what? Are you crazy? I said, yes. And keep that in mind next time you threaten me. Yes, and I'm and I'm willing to bet James Cormack never faced the business end of a gun head on like you have. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> on the line with us are Howard Storm and Steve Stoyer. Howard and Steve co-authors of The Imperfect Storm from Henry Street to Hollywood, the story of Howard's life and career on stage as a stand-up comedian, as well as his career in front of Behind and behind the camera as one of the most uh, sought-after, busiest, most prolific directors in TV history. The Imperfect Storm, available in hardcover, paperback, and as an ebook through BearManorMedia.com, Amazon.com, wherever books are sold online. I want to circle back because I got a couple of more things I want to ask you about that early episode of The Untouchables you did. I mean, besides you had a prominent role in that episode, so did Ned Glass. And um, yeah. and what where I'm coming from is you were stand-up. You know, you were coming from stand-up. So you were, you were a comedian coming into that episode. You're doing, doing a dramatic role. And Ned Glass, I think it's safe to say most people know Ned 
for his work in comedy, and yet many times some of the best dramatic actors are comedians. That's true, yeah. And it doesn't go the other way. It's, I think it's, it's common for comedians to turn in impressive dramatic performances like, you know, Jackie Gleason in Requiem for a Heavyweight uh, or Alan King and some, you know, playing a mobster. What, what often doesn't work is a straight actor playing a comedian because they don't have the comic timing. No, and you can't teach that. And, yeah, that's innate. Yeah, and you've got a good example of that in The Imperfect Storm, Howard, where you and Steve talk about the difference between watching Lenny Bruce, the comedian who you knew, and watching Dustin Hoffman play Lenny Bruce in the movie Lenny. And we'll talk about that and more when we continue our conversation with Howard Storm and Steve Stoyer on the other side of the break. Howard and Steve, co-authors of The Imperfect Storm from Henry Street to Hollywood, the story of Howard's life and career both as a stand-up comedian and his career in television, both in front of and behind the camera. We'll also talk about some of the other comedians that Howard worked with when he was a stand-up, as well as some of his influences as a comedian. All that more when we continue our conversation with Howard Storb and Steve Stoyer here on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.